Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans Bible study that we're holding here in my office. Just me and you online, live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. We are in Romans chapter 8. Today is part 6 of that teaching. I encourage you to go back to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. <clears throat> there you can avail yourself to everything we do here at Crossway Church. <clears throat> the Galatians teaching, the Ephesians teaching, the Jude teaching that's presently ongoing every Friday morning at 9 a.m. in the studio next door. If you live anywhere in the Atlanta, Texas region, uh, Queen City, Texarkana, I encourage you to be with us Friday mornings at 9 a.m. next door in the studio where you will get a blessing as we learn the Word of God every Friday morning and we're just excited that we can be online sharing the Word of God to people all over the world where the access now is easier than ever before to be able to publish God's Word <clears throat> through different avenues and and be able to hear other ministers. And, and we've just really been blessed by the Lord in these last days. The world may be getting darker, and that it is, but the light of God's Word is getting brighter if you're seeing it in the, in the context of the man who said, I am the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's jump right in this morning here in Romans 8. This is our part 6 session in this 8th chapter. And we have been truly blessed of the Lord to be learning His Word as His Word is truth, but His Word is always, every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Never let go of those things right there. Never let go of Psalms 33, 4 that says, For the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. Never let go of those things right there. Never let go of those things right there. And it'll be much harder for the enemy to deceive you if you love God's word and you are learning God's word as it is truth in righteousness. You will surely be blessed and used greatly of the Lord in these last days. Amen. So here we are in Romans chapter 8. And we'll back up to verse 3 and then roll into verse 4, where is going to be our main verse today. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Pretty powerful scripture tells us the law couldn't do. It, 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 the law couldn't save us. We couldn't keep the law because our flesh, we're sinful. Sinful men cannot keep law because we're sinful. Think about that. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why did Jesus have to come? Why couldn't there be a man on the earth that could have paid the price for sin? Here's the simple reason. A dead man can't do anything, much less pay for something. A dead man is dead, and all human beings are born in a spiritually dead state. The Bible says we're dead in our trespasses and sins. And that word dead means we're separated from God. We can't get to God on our own. We can't do it. That's why when we sinned in the Garden of Eden, God had to rush in. God's the one that came after us. We didn't go after God. See there? 
Man wasn't after God after he sinned. And when God showed up, man was on the run and hiding from God. But God pursued us because he loves us. And God gave us the promise of a coming Redeemer in Genesis 3.15 and showed us that it would be through a sacrifice that that, that that Redeemer would come for us. And And here is what we're reading about this morning. This is exactly what we're reading about. Every person on the planet is born as a sinner. And no matter what kind of laws God gives, man can't keep. Well, why would God give laws if man can't keep them? To make us cry out for the Savior, he promised. Come on, somebody. See, that's good stuff. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 56, that the law strengthens the sin nature. Romans chapter 7, verse 5 says that the law, when we're trying to keep law, is what puts the sin nature in motion. We can't keep law. We can't keep God's law. We can't keep our own laws. People prove it. They buy fuzz busters, radar detectors, so they can try to break the law when the cops aren't around. And, and just turn your head and we'll do something we shouldn't. The boss goes in the office, we'll sweep the dirt under the rug instead of put it in the trash. That's sin. That's all that sin. Because that's what we are. We're sinners. And when God gave the law, it just intensified who we were already as condemned sinners. Remember, all the way from the garden, the sin that took place in the garden, we were condemned. Condemned sinners. Not just when the law showed up, we found out we couldn't keep it. The law showed up to show us we can't keep it, and it just intensified the, the reality of that. And it made us, it was supposed to make us cry out for the Redeemer, to keep our faith in the Redeemer through the sacrificial system God set in place. Galatians 3.23 says that. That the law was our schoolmaster, our tutor, to point us to the one who would come and justify us by faith. Think about that. The law couldn't save us. We couldn't keep it. Therefore, we couldn't be saved. Think about that. And so, verse 4 says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. First of all, we see that phrase at the end of the verse again, like we did in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, born again, bought with the blood, faith in Christ and his work at Calvary, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, if you're in Christ, if you're a Christian, because your faith has been in Jesus and what he did at Calvary, you're in Christ, and in God's eyes, there's no condemning anything coming from God. But yet you and I can live as though we're back under law and not grace when we're lied to, or we lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that we've got to work our way in, or we've got to work our way, we've got to work for everything, instead of realizing that it was all freely given to us by Christ. Christ initiated and finished everything for us at Calvary, and all we can do is walk in that to receive freely what he died to give us. When we begin to think we have to work for any part of salvation to take place in our lives, then we're not under grace, we're under law. And we're not walking after the Spirit, we're walking after the flesh. But never forget that. And in verse 4, it talks about that at, at the end of that verse as well. He, God sent his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to condemn sin 
in the flesh. Sin was condemning us. God sent his son to condemn the sin that was condemning. Somebody said, hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah, that's good news. God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And because of sin, he condemned sin in his flesh so that the sin couldn't keep condemning us. Glory to God. I just feel that all over this morning. I hope you're shouting where you are because when you get this, you will shout, hallelujah. When you get this, you will begin to learn that you can walk in victory. Sin is all in the world and we still have a sin nature. We still have a flesh, but they were all crucified at Calvary. The world crucified to us, us to the world. The sin nature was put, put to death, made dormant. And as long as our faith remains in the cross, not only does the sin nature remain dormant, but the flesh is kept in check and, and not allowed to overrule the spirit. There'll always be a striving between spirit and flesh, but the flesh won't be allowed to rule over the spirit as long as our faith is in what Jesus did at Calvary. Hallelujah. So verse 4 says, because Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh, and because of sin, for sin, condemned sin in his flesh, so that, watch, so that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We have to walk after the Spirit. And I did an entire year's teaching on Galatians. Go back, look at that, or just take a note today. Go to Galatians chapter 5, and it will teach you in Galatians chapter 5, along with Romans 6, 7, and 8, what it means to walk after the Spirit. Paul told the Galatians in chapter 3, did you not begin in the Spirit, and now you're trying to perfect things after the flesh? Where did you begin in the Spirit. When you placed your faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary, boom! You were in the Spirit. You began to walk after the Spirit. And remember Galatians 5.18 says, those who are led of the Spirit are not under law. If you're being led of the Holy Spirit, my friend, you're walking after the Spirit. You're being led by something, you're walking after the one that's leading you. Think about that. Walking after the Spirit is being led by the Spirit, and the Spirit of God never leads us to law. The Spirit of God only desires to fulfill the law in us, in our hearts, when we're being led by Him, and He only leads us in the truth that we're willing to hear and believe that He is trying to teach us. Jesus is the truth, and what He did at Calvary is what turns the light on to the truth He is. Hallelujah. So, Jesus had to come and do what he did on the cross so that the righteousness of the law, see, the law carries with it a picture of God's righteousness, that the righteousness of the law, think about that. The law shows a picture of righteousness. Don't covet, don't kill, don't lie. All the things the law showed, and much more of the law of Israel. Love God and love your neighbor is basically what the Ten Commandments are about. First five are about your relationship with God, and the second five are about your relationship with men. 
And nobody's ever been able to keep the law. Nobody's ever kept the law. And the people that come along say, well, I've never uh, killed anybody. Have you ever hated anybody? Jesus taught if you hate somebody, you've murdered them. See, it's much more than an outward effect. God deals with the hearts. Never forget that. God doesn't, just, God doesn't deal with the outward effects. The outward effects is going on in our lives because something's already going on in our hearts. Think about that. Nobody just grabs a gun, goes to school because they thought of it one morning and kills everybody in the class. No, there's something been going on in the heart that ain't right for quite a while. Day after day after day until it builds up and escalates and the enemy, the devil, is able to lead them to that place to the massacre. And almost every time, they kill themselves too because it's a spirit of murder, and murder is, 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 is death. And listen, the spirit of murder don't care who it's murdering. Murder all them, then turn and murder yourself. The spirit of murder just wants to murder, and it don't care what it's murdering, who it's murdering. So think about this. The righteousness of the law now can be fulfilled in us, fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So we back up and we see in verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And you've got to ask yourself, who are they? Who are those who are in Christ Jesus? Well, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, verse 3, let's take a look at it this morning. Don't you know that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? which shows the object of our faith being the death of Jesus, his work at Calvary, his humble, obedient act unto death. You can believe Jesus was a miracle worker all your life, and if you never trust in what he did at Calvary for your sins, you won't go to heaven. I want you to hear me. You can believe, listen, you have to believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You're, you're a sinner. You need a Savior. God sent His Son in the likeness of your sinful flesh that for sin He might condemn the sin nature, the guilt, the shame, the fear, the very power of sin itself for you because He loved you that much. Think about that. Think about that. Powerful. Now, the righteousness of the law being fulfilled in us which happens by the Spirit, not by our working, by our being led of the Spirit. Jesus said when the Spirit of truth comes, the Comforter, He's going to reveal the truth to you. Now, th I'm going to make a comment this morning because a question I was recently asked. Can somebody have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their life if their faith is not in the cross? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The Holy Spirit is, is confined by a law. The Holy Spirit is God. So don't I hear you saying you can't put God in a box. We hadn't put God in the box. If you back up to verse 2 in Romans 8 where we are, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Do you get that? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus 
has made me free from the law of sin and death. We were all born into this world, bound in sin, dead in sin, under the law of sin and death. It comes to, to sin, separation from God. And the law of the Spirit of life, the law of the Holy Spirit, the law of the Spirit of truth, the law of the Comforter in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, which speaks of our faith in His death. Think about this. The first time that God saw legitimate faith, biblical faith on your behalf, was when you placed your faith. That means from your heart you believed unto the righteous work that Jesus performed for you at Calvary. Your faith, your heart was believing unto righteousness. There is no such thing as faith when our heart is not believing unto righteousness. Think about that. And, and the Lord saw that faith legitimate because it was faith in Christ, in the death of Jesus, and he immersed you into that place where your faith was. And you and I are told in Colossians 2, 6 to walk in, in Christ the same way we received him, to walk in him. That means faith in his death. We never change. We never move. And some people say, well, what about faith in God's word? Uh, is it faith in God's word or faith in the death of Christ? Listen, your faith, the only object of faith God has ever given humanity is the faith is, is, the, is the object of his son, Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman that would be crucified through the sacrificial system God set in place. That's the object of faith, my friend. Now you can walk in obedience to God's word, which is his law, as the Holy Spirit of truth leads you in that truth. All God's works are done in truth. That means in Christ. The Holy Spirit cannot bear fruit. He reveals truth. He is the Spirit of truth. And if there's fruit of Him in our lives, it is the result of Him working. It is the result. It is the fruit of truth. It is the fruit of truth. He's revealing truth. When we believe truth, the fruit of that truth, which is takes place through our obedience to the truth, we allow Him to teach us that we receive of Him. Hallelujah. And it's not the cross and, and or the Word of God. Listen, the work of Christ was the righteous work God okayed that He put His stamp on. The work of, of the cross, the work of Christ at Calvary was what God had been looking for, a humble, obedient man even unto death. Not just obeyed one thing. The Bible says if you break one law, you're guilty of breaking them all. There's never been a man that obeyed all the law except Jesus. Think about that. And the righteousness of the law being fulfilled in us is only through our faith in that righteous work. And let me get back to the Word of God. Again, write it down. Never lose this. Never let it go. Let it sink in and never stop meditating on it. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Outside of righteousness, and you can't talk about righteousness without looking at Christ and seeing what he did at Calvary. It's the only avenue through which grace comes, and grace is what brings righteousness. I want you to know that. 
I want you to know that. I want you to know that like never before. Every word God has ever spoken, the entirety of God's word, the entirety of your Bible, are words of righteousness that cannot be understood, cannot be imparted outside of their righteous context. So when our faith is anchored in Christ and his righteous work at Calvary, then the word of God can become a lamp to my feet and a light to my path because God restores my soul and leads me in the path of his righteousness. Do you get that? Well, let's turn back to Romans chapter 5 to increase uh, the, the light on what we're talking about today. Romans 5, 16 through 18. Let's look at that. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. That's Adam sinned and we're all condemned because of it, because we're all in him. But the free gift, everybody say free gift. That's right. The free gift is something I don't work for. The free gift is something I can't pay for. The free gift is something I can't earn. The free gift. You got that? When somebody's talking about you got to earn it, buy it, pay for it, you got to do a work, you better run from them because they don't understand grace. And if they don't understand grace, they can't understand the Bible. If they don't understand what happened at Calvary and they don't understand it's a free gift, they don't know what grace is because grace is freely given. People telling you you got to work for it still don't know what grace is. They are the ones who have crept in among us turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. I want you to hear me this morning. I don't care how nice and polite and well-mannered they are, and there is a difference between those who are ignorant and they don't know yet and those who do and reject it. Nevertheless, there's condemnation, the experience of condemnation for both, even though they may be saved. They got saved. They believed in Christ. But if they're preaching law now, they can't be walking after the Spirit because those that are led of the Spirit are not under law. Galatians 5.18. So watch this. It's a free gift of, listen, and not as it was by one, Adam, that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. I want you to say that with me today. The free gift is of many offenses unto justification. The free gift. And we'll see what that free gift is. And the free gift is what's unto justification. Let's keep reading. For if by one man's offense, Adam, death reigned by one. When Adam sinned, death came in. What's death mean? Not only we will physically die, something that wasn't in God's plan, but now we're spiritually separated from God, dead in our sins. Death is separation. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive <clears throat> abundance of grace, here it comes, and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. We reign in life by Jesus Christ because we've received the free gift of righteousness. One more verse, 18, watch this. Therefore, as by the offense of one, Adam, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the cross. 
humble, obedient act unto death, Jesus Christ dying for me and you, the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Now I'm going to make a comment. Hopefully most of you knew it. Some of you probably didn't. But God can only justify that which is righteous. He didn't justify you and then make you righteous. He made you righteous in Christ through your faith in the work of Christ at Calvary. And that's what he justified. God justified the work of Christ at Calvary. And every person who believes in Christ becomes the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.21, and because you are in Christ, you're justified. Look, it tells you. In verse 16, it says, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. The free gift is unto justification. Verse 18, the end of verse 18, the righteousness of one, through the righteousness of one, the free gift, which is being made righteous, came upon all men unto justification of life. What justifies the eternal life and abundant life we have is our righteous standing before God. And that, my friend, is a free gift that comes only by faith in the one and his righteous work he did at Calvary. And every word God has ever spoken is going to be the Holy Spirit pointing you to Christ and his finished work at Calvary before it can mean anything for you today, in your life today. You need to know that. That's why we must preach the cross. It is the power of God to us who are saved, not to us who are just going to be saved, but to us who are saved. It is the power of God. Every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. And we're to... And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, yet hearing the word in its righteous context. Oh, it's so important that you know this. You can't just quote the scripture and expect God to move because that's you doing something. There's nothing wrong with quoting scripture, meditating and, and declaring scripture. But God doesn't move because you declare the word. God moves because from your heart you're believing unto the righteousness of God's word, which always points to Calvary. Remember, Jesus said the scriptures are about him. The scriptures are about him. That means what he would provide, who he would be for us when he came as Redeemer. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting this today. This brings you to a place where you will either repent and say, God, forgive me for just using your word just in my own way instead of in your way of righteousness. We, how many times have we thought we heard God through the ages, through the years, and, and we wasn't hearing God. We was just hearing our flesh. We just wanted something so bad. The mind is a powerful tool. And we can, man, we can smell lemon pie when there's not a lemon pie within 50 miles because we're thinking of a lemon pie. You better hear me today. The devil can play tricks on your mind. Deception means I don't know that I don't know. I saw somebody uh, here recently that's talking about, they still talking about the same thing they was talking about 17 years ago. When we separated in ministry, they were talking about money. they still talking about money. Listen, I'm talking about Jesus now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God has taken my mind 
off of all that stuff that has crept into the church with a spiritual tag on it, but only of men. God only stamps that with the blood. Hallelujah. Even in the old covenant, when Aaron would read the law, after the law was read, it had to be sprinkled with blood or it meant absolutely nothing. You understand that? That when you get in the word today, if you're not reading it through the eyes of your new man, the heart of faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Hallelujah. You're not going to get anything out of it. You're not going to get one thing out of it. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth and He comes and He is His one of his greatest missions in the believer is to be fulfilling the law in us. Hallelujah. Fulfilling the law. Establishing the law. Listen, we can't keep it, but our faith in the law keeper, Christ, through his death for us, hallelujah, is our keeping of the law. That's why it's the stupidest thing you could do is to go back and start wearing a prayer shawl, a beanie on your head, and trying to get involved in all the rituals and the rites and ceremonies and everything that was only type and shadow. Listen, don't go back in the shadow. God doesn't walk in the shadows and he doesn't work in the shadows. God only does one thing in the shadows and that's reaching in for you to be delivered from the law, delivered from condemnation, delivered from the darkness, the shadows, hallelujah, to bring you out from law, to redeem you and bring you back under grace, hallelujah, faith in what Christ did at Calvary. Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men, Hebrews 2, 9, so that the righteousness of the law could be fulfilled in us by the Spirit. Not us fulfilling the law, but the Spirit of God in us fulfilling the law through our faith in the law keeper. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There is a remnant. Hallelujah. There is a remnant. Know this today. Time's almost out, but I'm teaching here at church about the priesthood of the believers and that when God started with Israel, listen, God said the whole nation will be a kingdom of priests, but it didn't quite work out that way because God had to reduce it down to just the Levites. When Moses came down off the mountain and the people already had a golden calf built, Hear me today. Moses didn't say who's on my side. He said who's on the side of the Lord. And the Levites came out. And the Levites were given the priesthood. Listen, everybody who's believed in Christ is a born-again believer, a Christian, a priest in the kingdom. But listen, God, is found. he's finding a remnant in among his people who will come back and tend to their priestly duties. That means be focused on the sacrifices of of praise focused on what Christ did at Calvary, <clears throat> throw away the golden calves like the purpose driven, the 21 days this, the 40 days of that, all these things that schemes of men who've crept in among us sounds like they're talking the same thing we are, but Paul said there would be other gospels, there would be other Jesuses, there would be other spirits. Listen, come back to the cross today and live. Come back to the cross today and find your true ministry. Come back to the cross today and watch your marriage flourish. Come back to the cross today and watch God's plan unfold in your life as He, by His Spirit, fulfills 
His law of righteousness in your heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise be to God. What a great day this is. Tune in to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, where you'll find everything we do here at Crossway Church and the Spreaker app on your smartphone where you can find my channel for those who have ears to hear or just type in my name, Curtis Hutchinson, and you'll find 300 messages, gospel-centered messages. Amen. Help us in doing what we're doing here. Pray for us. Help us financially. Give at 903-231-5950 or donate on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. God bless you. We love you, and I'll see you in the morning for the Jew teaching at 9 a.m. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.